This is The Culture. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Jersey's Finest, our interview podcast where we talk about artists, creativity, and everything in between. I am your host, Darian Scalamoni. I'm joined by my co-host, Liz Seiko. Hello. And for this episode, we are joined by someone who is our friend and also someone else who came from our esteemed program that we've talked about so much on yes. this channel. She's an actress and performer. Her name is Jenna Scanelli. Jenna, Woo! how are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm welcome, good. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited. Thank you so much. Awesome. Of course. So um, you, you're a performer. You love musical theater. So thought the appropriate first question would be, do you remember the first Broadway show that you ever saw? Yes, I do. I... I'm almost positive it was Lion King. I'm back and forth between Lion King and Legally Blonde, but I'm pretty sure that it was Lion King with my family friends, and I was probably nine or ten years old. Yeah. Okay. So what Loved year? It. What year would that have been? Maybe. <gasps> oh my god! Don't make me do math right now. <laughs> We're thinking like 2005 era. 2006? Sure. Sure. Okay. Sure. 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 Legally Blonde was out that. It early? might have been a couple years later because I have a very strong image of myself in a leopard dress of course I love new jersey it. and i also was in a cast because i had a broken ankle and it was baby blue okay. so it had to have been a couple years later this is this is crazy this is how my brain works that whatever show it was potentially either legally blonde or lion king lion was king for sure was that the moment that you became interested in the arts or was there something else that kind of pulled you in that direction honestly no it was really crazy how i got into musical theater it was very random um i was a competitive cheerleader since i was like five years old until 11 or 12 and that was my entire life literally Every day I was training. I had practice every day. I was taking private tumbling classes. My summers were cheer camp. So my life was cheerleading. I was literally going to go to college based off of like how good their cheer team was. Like that wow. was my plan. Wow. That's so yeah. interesting. So over one summer, I don't know what year it was. Um, my mom and I were at our community pool in our development. And there was this mother and her son there. And the mom was so adamant about making sure that the son had sunscreen on his face. She kept yelling at him to stay in the shade, like, don't be out in the sun. And so my mom was listening in on their conversation. And we found out that the son was actually Gavroche in Les Mis on Broadway. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the mom was like very making sure that he was like ready to go, even though it was summer, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and so my mom, being who she is, kind of was eavesdropping and like, brought herself into the conversation was like oh you know what are you doing here blah, yeah. blah blah whatever and the mother was like is that your daughter my mom said yes of course and she called me over and she was like do you sing at all and i was like um i guess so like i liked to sing nobody knew that i sang but i was like sure yeah why not i'm 11 like i have no fear yeah sure. you're like let me try it yeah Let's i'm see. like yeah okay whatever everybody can sing and she was like, can you sing for me? So I was like, yeah, come on. So I sang Tomorrow from Annie and the whole <laughs> pool went silent. It was like a public area. Everybody's yelling, screaming. And the whole pool was like zip silent. And the woman was like, oh, my gosh, you need to put your daughter in voice lessons. Like, she's really good. I was like, yeah, sure. Come on. Let's do it. <laughs> so long story short, I quit cheerleading and I started pursuing uh, voice lessons. I got into a little bit more of TV and film before I started musical theater. Nice. I signed with uh, a manager. Her name was Shirley Grant Management. She manages like younger kids. Fun fact, she managed the Jonas Brothers before they Stop. became the Jonas Brothers. Just saying. Um, and then, yeah, from there, when I got older, we kind of got into musical theater. So long story. 
No. Liz's jaw's on the floor. <laughs> I'm I'm stuck on the Jonas Brothers. Isn't honestly. that cool? That's crazy. Yeah, Jonas Brothers, Christina Ricci. Who else? You're famous. You're practicing famous. No, but that's so crazy. So, and then what? Um, were you interested in the TV and film route because of that, or were you you wanted to skew more towards musical theater at that point? I don't know, to be honest with you. I guess because I was so new to it all, I didn't really know where I fit in the industry. I knew that I wanted to be a part of it. And because I was younger, my manager was like, I think right now we should focus more on like commercials and film and TV because as a 11, 12 year old, there's not much theater. Yeah. Broadway is like a no. And at the time, Broadway was like adults. Like you were on Broadway when you were in your 30s and plus. Mm -hmm. So me as a kid, there were very, very few opportunities. And then once I got into like my preteen era, 18 and up, that's when we started pursuing musical theater. Because at that point, it was like getting more serious. Mm -hmm. There was more opportunity um, for outside like community theater, regional theater. So it was kind of like a stepping stone, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously like you went to high school, we're in like the performing arts program. Yeah. Were you doing things still outside of high school while like uh taking those performing arts classes yeah so i was doing a lot of community theater i worked a lot at count basie theater in red bank they have like a children's theater company there Mm -hmm. phoenix productions it was called so i did a couple shows there and then actually my first like professional job was while i was in high school it was at walnut street theater that's awesome in philadelphia yeah it was very exciting um i did aspects of love which is like never done it's an andrew lloyd weber musical that's actually really great because i know that andrew lloyd weber is not always (laughs) the greatest (laughs) writer um but so i ended up doing that and i actually had to like make a deal with the school because i needed to be out of school wednesdays through fridays so i was in school monday tuesday and then i would leave wednesday thursday friday and then i would come back so i was in school two days a week and i had to do all my assignments and everything like at home by myself that's crazy i didn't know that actually yeah Yeah. wow i didn't either what year was that it was oh my gosh sophomore year okay yeah sophomore year wow for that sure. is crazy yeah it That's was awesome, cool though. and honestly my grades were the best they ever were that were year because you were like you were I, happy. Do this. <laughs> I was happy i was doing everything on my own time like i was nailing it yeah and so <laughs> like at that point did you already know like okay i'm going to college for this i'm going to study this or was it still kind of just like oh i like this let's see where it goes yeah i think once i started at Howell high school and i got into the program i realized pretty quickly on this is what i'm going to do forever um so yeah it definitely was a good stepping stone and then probably my sophomore year is when i made the decision like this is what i'm going to do yeah and then you're preparing like okay let me get ready for like college auditions yeah exactly vetting which ones i want to go to yeah and so i know you went to boston conservatory did you kind of know that right away or did you do the shopping of like okay let me audition for a bunch of different programs yeah my college audition process was really hectic um, I actually applied to 19 schools, oh which way. when I say that out loud, <laughs> it's wild. But to be fair, in musical theater, like if you asked anybody who went to school for musical theater, I would say you have to, most people yeah. apply to that many. You're schools. not the only person either that has applied to 19. Right. Of course. Before. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so once I got to the end of my college audition process, I was in between Montclair State um syracuse and boston conservatory those were like my three top schools i loved montclair i was like this close to going there i didn't love syracuse so much and i liked boston conservatory but i couldn't necessarily afford it Mm -hmm. so that was kind of a big factor um 
And then after a crazy whirlwind of events, I ended up going to Boston Conservatory. Nice. Yeah. Um, was the audition process what you sort of expected when you were kind of... So how many... I know you said you applied to 19 schools. So did yeah. you do 19 auditions? I did 19 auditions. Wow. But actually, it worked out pretty well because a lot of uh, musical theater programs attend this event called Unifieds. Yeah. So I ended up going to both. They do it in Chicago and they do it in New York City. I went to both of them. So I did audition 19 times, but I auditioned most of them in the same location, okay. which was very convenient. But it was exhausting. I knew that it was going to be hard, obviously, especially like being younger. Like you're still it has in to be school. super daunting at like 17, 18 exactly. years old to audition 19 times in yeah. a short amount of time. It was, yeah, it was wild. But I was lucky enough to have already been in the industry for a decent amount of time that I knew what the audition process was like. Yeah. I think living in New Jersey is very convenient. Getting into New York City is very easy. So I was already kind of in that field. So I knew what I was going to get myself into. But once I started, I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is just exhausting. It was mentally draining. It was emotionally draining. It was just a lot. But yeah, I mean, it ended up working out. But looking back on it, I'm like, wow, I don't ever want to do that again. It's crazy, too, because it's like you already had experienced auditioning in a way. Yeah. Some kids just go in and it's their first like major audition. Exactly. Like people that live in or Texas or Oklahoma they're like yeah I flew to New York City today for the first time ever I'm like oh my gosh like you have no idea no and they have what no this is. awareness of like that pressure of sitting in yeah. a pre-audition room with people that you're not necessarily competing against because right. you're trying you're obviously auditioning for the same spot but you might not be going head to head but exactly. still you feel that pressure because then people put on performances while waiting and exactly. it's just a lot it's, it was a lot it was a lot it was rewarding but I, like there were so many times I would go to school the next day crying <laughs> or I would be like in eighth period and I'd be like looking at my phone like did I get accepted I got rejected I'm yeah like, right oh my God, I gotta pull it together oh my God. it was a lot but we made it to the other side exactly <laughs> you made it yeah. um so when you eventually did decide on Boston Conservatory how was the training for you it was amazing it was really great I enjoyed it a lot it was hard because Boston Conservatory accepts so many students. Mm -hmm. Some programs only accept 10. Some accept 20. My class, before we even got to school, I want to say our starting class was maybe like 70 people. Wow. Yeah. And then you're broken up into cores. Wow, that's crazy. It was a lot. So by the time I got there, we probably ended up with like 60 something. And then you were broken up into smaller groups. So my class was maybe like 12 to 15, which is okay. still a lot if you think about it. It's, it was a lot of students. And is um, it broken into groups like um, like musical theater, like concentration, so they do or how do they break theater, it up? Music and dance. Okay. And if, if you're accepted for musical theater, everybody that's in your class, regardless of what core you're in, is there for musical theater. Okay. Um, the only time you would be with other uh, majors is if you were in like a writing class or like a gen ed type Got thing. It. A gen ed. It was a conservatory, so there weren't. Yeah, any. I was gonna say <laughs> we had like a writing course, and there was maybe like a biology. I don't know. Like you probably have to take psychology, like, like, maybe? like yeah, language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something it's really like that. just so that you can graduate. College. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, it was fantastic. I was working with like industry professionals mm -hmm. who were like back and forth between New York City and Boston to teach because they were working professionally either on Broadway or they were working regionally. So having that was really helpful to kind of like prepare yourself for what the actual real world is like yeah um but it was great it was conservatory so it was only performing which i knew i wanted once i had committed to the idea of going to college um so my classes started at 9 a.m 
and I went till 7 p.m. and it was literally just performing all day long. Yeah. Which was amazing. That's really what I wanted. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious just because I've never been there. How was like the art scene in Boston? Oh my gosh. I love Boston. It's fantastic. If you've never been there, you have to go. It's the best place ever. It's very artsy because you're also very close to Northwestern, Mm -hmm. Northwest, Northeastern. Oh my God. Northeastern University, um, which has a lot of art students as well. We're also right next door to Berkeley, which they've now merged. So it's Boston Conservatory at Berkeley. Oh, like one school. Um, So that was really nice too, because you can kind of break into other like events with other people or if they were doing like a cabaret or like a jam session, you can kind of like pop into that Mm. a little bit. So that was really cool. But I'm not sure how the program is anymore now that they've merged with Berkeley, but I'm sure the opportunity has really opened itself. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Is there like a educator that either from like college or even high school that really kind of just influenced you the most out of everybody? Or was it kind of just overall you took little bits and pieces from each like yeah i feel like i mean obviously being in a performing arts high school was very helpful Mm -hmm. because like i said it was setting you up for what the real world was gonna present to you yeah um and you know you were working with people that understood how this works and understood you know the craft and everything so i would say majority of of my teachers at Howell were very helpful. I don't know if there was like any one specific person, um, but also because I was already like starting to work professionally at that point, a lot of the directors that I worked with or classes that I took in New York, they kind of, they also like pitched in ideas Mm -hmm. on what they thought I should do, which was nice. Um, Yeah. So I guess it was just like a little bit and pieces from like each one. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like sometimes people are like, this person changed my life. And then some people are like, no, I I mean, I liked all of them, but I kind of figured it out my own way. It was weird because I had, when I was in high school, like maybe junior year, I was tossing around the idea of taking a gap year to just go right to New York City and just hit the ground running right away and just see what would happen. Nice. But most of the people that I spoke to were like, ah, I think you should go to school. Like, cause school's so important. And it is looking back on it. I wish I had taken a gap year. Yeah. But I also don't think I would have done what I have done. So it's, yeah, it would have been like best. a completely different. Yeah. Path. Like who's to say, you know what I mean? You never know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. No, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything happens for a reason. So obviously yeah. you ended up, you wouldn't have ended up where you are now yeah any of that happened. exactly you know yeah what i mean um in terms of auditioning in general going back for a second what are your thoughts on it in general do you do you enjoy the process of auditioning <laughs> do you hate it like i feel like most people do tell me how you Ugh. really feel <laughs> i really i want to like it i want to like auditioning but i don't i don't know what it is it doesn't make me nervous really sometimes it does it depends on what the project is the initial audition i'm kind of indifferent about it because it's just so wild. Like when you, if you talk to a normal person who like works in an office and you told them what you do every day, they'd be like, what? Yeah. You're in a room with hundreds of people who look just like you. They sound just like you. They went to the same school. They've done the same shows as you. And you're each going in separately for what, 30 seconds to sing a song and then hope that the person sitting behind the table, like had a good lunch and is like excited Happy to see to you. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you get a lot of that a lot of the time. Of course, you have like the pressures of auditioning because now as like an adult, I'm kind of like, okay, this is my job. And if I'm not working right now, then 
yeah. what am I doing? So like the pressure of that is kind of like, okay. It's not just fun anymore. It's exactly. Like, I'm like, this oh, is I like my livelihood. This. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is like what I do for a living. So if I'm not doing that, then like, <laughs> what am I doing? So no, I don't like auditioning, but I'm working on it because no, so it is most of your you job said, i'm so happy that you said that you don't because i feel like so <laughs> me, like at least growing up They're people like, say I to you if it. you don't love auditioning you won't make it in this like world okay. and it's like no auditioning really isn't that fun actually it's because not. it's just interviewing over and over and over it's again not. but some people really do enjoy it that like there are some auditions i've been to where i'm like wow that was so fun I would say dance auditions I like better Oh, okay. because you're moving around. You're with a group of people. It's like a free class. You're also like, even if I don't get it, I got a good exercise. Exactly. In, like. Exactly. <laughs> but the auditions where you're sitting around all day and then you're going in to sing 25 seconds of a song that 75 other girls just sang, you're like, this is so boring. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's boring to me. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be working. <laughs> I just want to be working. <laughs> me and my friend talk like, about this all the time. Please hire me. I don't need Literally, I'm like, you. just let me be working always and I'll be happy. And it'll be great. <laughs> Which... well, I, that's what we want, though. I, what I struggled with with auditioning was I am a very opinionated and involved person. Yeah. Especially in like creative processes. And I hated that my whole life and just any decision was up to these people that I'd never met before behind yeah. a table and it was completely my life in their hands yeah. and that drove me crazy because yeah. it shouldn't be that way it should be do I want to work with you and do you want to work with exactly. me and let's see if we can do this not yeah do I fit your box but now unfortunately the industry is so overly saturated mm-hmm. that it is kind of like next 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 like there is no more let me get to know you. interview process exactly yeah. where there were a lot of auditions that I would go to years ago where they would have a conversation with you. You'd walk in, you'd sing your song, they would talk to you for a little bit, and then you would go. Now it's like half the time they're not even looking up from their paper because mm-hmm. they're exhausted. Yeah. We're tired, they're tired, they don't want to be there. So all this to say, it sounds very negative, but <laughs> it, it is it is a good it's, it's a process. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's necessary, obviously, but it's just hard, especially now, yeah. this climate and like this... I don't want to say post COVID because I feel like that'll never be a thing. Well, but. I was going to ask you, did you have to do a lot of um, like self tapes for a yes. little while? Which to be honest with you, I go back and forth. There are times where I do prefer it mm-hmm. because I think it weeds out a lot of people who are either not right for the project or that's really it. People yeah. who aren't right for the project. Because again, you're sitting around all day waiting to be seen if you're going in for you know, like a union job. If you're going in for a Broadway tour or a Broadway show and you're not in that union, then you're waiting around majority of the day. So yeah, self-taping at home, you're in your own home. You can do it as many times as you want, which (laughs) is great. So I do almost prefer that. But the one thing that you miss out on is like making connections with people Mm. and like having them actually see you, getting to know them, letting them get to know you because there's only so much that you can get to know the person by being like, hi, my name is Jenna Brooks Canelli and I'm singing blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They don't know who you are. So I feel like there's a higher threshold for people to forget watching self tapes because i feel of like course. they just go through like that monotonous cycle of seeing the, Can same, you imagine? Thing the same thing and the same thing yeah it's and exhausting. there's a different there really is a difference when you're in person with somebody and you can form a deeper relationship and you can just feel like an energy yeah. whether it's a positive or a negative one in the room yeah so i think wow that's so interesting the cell whole self-tape thing to me is interesting it's really helpful nowadays though because now it's kind of like a combination a lot of projects they'll do an initial self-tape mm-hmm. where they'll just ask for something brief 
And then from that round, they'll call people in to see you in person. So that's kind of nice. Whereas before it was, you were being cast merely off of a tape, which is very, very challenging. Yeah. So I, I kind of like the combination now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because sure. the first round, now they can just be like, nope, 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 nope. Exactly, right. Versus sitting for hours. Right. And then they get, not mean, but sometimes they get a little bit more bitter. They're agitated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now at least you know, okay, if I'm here after you saw me on my tape, I know that I have like a little bit more of a chance than I did before. Yeah. A smaller pool of people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about what your auditions have led to, because after uh, high school and after you were studying at Boston Conservatory for a little bit, you started getting jobs on national tours of certain shows, and then you've worked in the cruise industry, which I think is super interesting. Mm -hmm. So if you could just talk a little bit about both of those experiences, like national tours versus cruise ships, how are they different? How are they similar? What are you, what do you prefer? Just go down a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. We're here to listen to it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question. Um, national tours and cruise ships are so different. They're similar in the sense that you're away from home, you're traveling. I guess that's really it. Let's go ahead with national tours first. Mm -hmm. So my first national tour I did, The Wizard of Oz, I was 19 years old. Yeah, 19 years old. I had just finished my first year at Boston Conservatory. And this was like a big deal, Mm -hmm. a huge deal for me because... Like I said, I wasn't sure I wanted to go to college. I wanted to just jump into the industry itself. And so the fact that I had only gone for one year and I was able to book this on my own, no agent, no manager, was like a very proud moment for me. And it kind of like solidified, like I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right track. So that's that little rabbit hole right there. So because I was so young, my experience was a lot different than I think what it would have been today. And it wasn't negative by any means. It was one of the most amazing contracts I've ever done in my entire life. That sounds very dramatic, but it's just so true. I've met some of my best friends that I love so dearly. And I have so many memories and so many good moments to look back on from that. So that was a good thing. (laughs) Um, Now, when you're on a national tour, you are constantly traveling you're in new climates every single day. You're either on an airplane every week or you're sitting on a bus every day. So vocally, it's a lot. Mentally, it's a lot. Physically, it is so challenging, especially if you're dancing a lot. Um, so I did deal with that a lot on Wizard of Oz, again, because I was so young and I was still like newer to this world. Um, so I did struggle a little bit with that because it was exhausting. But I also was very fortunate because even though it was a non-union tour, it was a cushy schedule. Mm. We had week or longer sit downs, which nowadays on a non-union tour is so uncommon. Mm -hmm. Um, We flew everywhere because our schedule was just all over the U.S. Um, So overall, it was probably the best case scenario for a tour. It was incredible. Looking at cruise ships, it's different. Your living arrangements are much different. Um, You're in tiny little cabins with no window, at least where I was. That was what my room was. Some cruise lines, you get a better deal. It is what it is. Um, So you're in very close quarters. And you're also working with other people who don't understand like what entertainment is like, you know what I mean? You're working with chefs who are like, I don't understand what you do for a living. Like they just don't get it because it's out of the norm. So you deal with that a lot. Um, You're also living in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, I'm sure that's a big struggle. It's crazy. I say this all the time. Cruise ships are a different world. It's like living in a different planet. 
you have no idea what's going on at home because you're not paying attention to it because you're going to France tomorrow and yeah. then the next day you're going to be in Italy. So you're like, I'm on vacation <laughs> full time. <laughs> my contracts, I did, my itineraries were two weeks long and we had three production shows. So I was working three out of 14 days wow. and the rest of the days I'm like, Living I'm gonna your go life. to the beach wow, today. That's crazy. I'm gonna go to dinner. I'm gonna have some drinks. Like it's literal While you're like paradise. Paid also, exactly, <laughs> and getting paid very well. It's actually like one of the highest paying wow, gigs. I didn't know that. Yeah, it is, which is fantastic. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> we love that. <laughs> um, so very different, very different. You're with different groups of people. Your life is different. Your routine is different. Your schedule is very different. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if I can say I prefer one or the over the other. I love touring. I love it. You either love it or you hate it. And I absolutely love it. But I also really love cruise ships. Yeah. But I don't know if I could do cruise ships for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's just, it's a different world. It's a different lifestyle that I'm just like not wanting for the rest of my life. Yeah. I, f- I feel that the community aspect is probably a little different because yeah. on a cruise ship, like you obviously have all the performers that you're like hanging around with probably yeah. and living with. But then there's, like you said, there's people that don't fully understand when you're on this national tour, like you're with a family for a large amount exactly. of time. So I'm curious about, is that something that you prefer one or the other or? Yes, I definitely prefer that aspect merely because of the connections that you make with people. Obviously, you're making connections with people on cruise ships as well. Like I've met incredible people who I still stay in touch with to this day, but it's harder because most of those people, majority of those people live in different countries. So as great of the bond that you've made, it's so hard to see them again. It's so hard to like keep that relation going. Um, Whereas touring, my best friends, were on the tours that I did and I can see them so easily. They live in New York City. I can hop on a bus, spend the day with them and that's that. Um, But regardless, I feel like when you make connections with people, no matter where you meet them, if you want that to work and you want that to last, like you go out of your way to make it happen. So I don't regret any of that on ships because I feel like the people that I've met and have wanted to stay in touch with have molded me and like pushed me to keep going forward because this industry is so hard so you need to surround yourself with good people yeah if you don't have good people in your corner you're gonna suffer so i am grateful for that but overall i definitely prefer touring over cruise ships absolutely i know you talked a little bit about on wizard of oz when you had some struggles just physically with the schedule even though you said it was like sort of cushy were there certain struggles on your second tour with charlie and the chocolate factory that made it a little harder different struggles um that tour there were a lot more one-nighters which for those of you who don't know it's exactly what it sounds like a one-nighter is one night spent in a city you stay in the hotel that night and then the next morning you're on the bus to go on to your next place that's crazy that is it's a lot wild. it's crazy and again my first tour i was so lucky to not have that so how many shows coming did you in, do on this tour Oh for Charlie and Charlie. Well, there were two seasons because the first season that I went out with it was pre-pandemic and then we got shut down while like right when the world shut down. Oh, oh wow. wow. But they told us we were so 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 lucky. They told us when they sent us home that they will bring us back. It was just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. So that was really what was keeping us all going, which was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> it was very crazy. So then the second year we went out, there were some people that were there on the first season and then some people that were new. So I think overall, I'm pretty sure I'd done over 200 shows with Charlie. Wow. Wow. I think so. Yeah. Wow. Give or take. 
Yeah, right? Definitely over 200 now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I think I have it on my Instagram. This is over how many? Like, I know you said it was pre-COVID and post-COVID. So, how many years was this? Let's say maybe like one full year. Because the first season we went out, we were only out for three months. Mm -hmm. It felt like we had been out for years. But we only were out for three months. And then the second season, we were out for six or seven months. So, let's say like a full year. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. crazy. I'm sorry. I have to go back to like the one night only. Yeah. Are there... (laughs) There has to be such issues though that happen tech wise girl it oh my gosh this is this is one of the major problems with non-union touring is one-nighters and let me tell you why (laughs) please do (laughs) with charlie and the chocolate factory our set was massive yeah i can imagine they it had gone out one year prior right when it closed on broadway it went out as a Broadway tour. So it was an equity tour, the first national. And then after that, they made it non-union. So when they took it as non-union, they cut back on some of the set because they were like, we don't have the money for this. Mm -hmm. And the venues that we're going to are significantly smaller, still very large, but some of them are smaller than what you would see on an equity tour. Yeah. So even with the set being cut back, it was massive. So loading into some of these venues was challenging in itself mm-hmm. our one night venues they're one nighters for a reason because they're middle of nowhere cities yeah <laughs> the theaters are very small very old they're not necessarily fit for our show mm-hmm. but that's where and they want us to go there. exactly <laughs> so we had like a plan a and a plan b sometimes a plan c um, there were a lot of technical issues, obviously, because not only are you loading in your your set and your people for the first time, but you're also working with brand new people who don't know your show. Yeah. Because we always have locals who help with your show, always. But they've never seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. They have no idea when flies are coming in. They have no idea when, you know, something is being rolled on. Like, they, they have no idea. They're yeah, seeing they it for the first cues. time. They haven't been doing rehearsals. Exactly. And us actors are very dramatic it's just what it is someone had to say it someone had to say it and i'll be the first one i know that i'm dramatic and i'm proud of it i am i am who i am you're not going to change me but so it was very challenging because we're like this is now a safety issue like i know that you're new and you've never seen this before but you have human beings on a moving set piece and you have children in the show yeah so we got to get this rolling so that was very 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 challenging luckily we only had, I would say, maybe like one month where there were a lot of one-nighters. After that, we had like split weeks, which was like three or four days in a venue, and then you'd go to the next one. Um, or we had week or plus sit-downs, which was very nice. So it was a good combination. But once we were going into that one-nighter month, we were like, okay, you have to, you really have to prepare yourself for you it because be it. it can make or break you, truly. Like there are people that can't handle it and like won't accept non-union tours for that reason because they they just can't do one-nighters and i get it you got to be ready for it wow yeah Yeah. because also think about it like you're sitting on a bus for sometimes eight or plus hours and then you're expected to do a show that night yeah so now you're like getting up you're like oh my god my hips are cracking my back (laughs) is like i'm i feel like i'm a hunchback right now it's just exhausting and now you have to suddenly turn it on because People are paying to see your show. They don't care that you sat on a bus all day. Yeah. They don't. And they deserve to see just as good of a show as somebody who 
is at a theater where you have a, a week long sit down. Like it just, yeah, it's a lot. It was and a it's lot. It's not even like you can go on kind of um, like, like robot mode because you're in a right. total different theater that you don't necessarily, it doesn't match up to where you were yeah. just at. So you kind of have to be fully aware also of your own surroundings. Yes, exactly. Cause you're also in a new venue that you've never seen mm -hmm. before. You don't know how this works. And a lot of these venues are a lot older. So you have to just always be aware. That's like the main thing, be aware. And then on top of that, you also have to think about like how you're fueling your body. Mm. Some of these days we're stopping at a gas station and there's a subway inside the gas station <laughs> or there's a McDonald's across the highway. No. So you're like, okay, <laughs> I have crazy. two options. What am I going to do? Like yeah. you have to feed yourself. So now it's like being exhausted on top of not necessarily feeding yourself properly always and then doing a show that night. And then getting back on the bus the next morning to do it all over again. It's like, it's crazy. oh my gosh. I feel like you have to be so accepting of, of change, like all the time. Because yes. it sounds like it's an always changing yeah. event. Either, both, both, honestly, probably. It really on a is. Ship or a national tour, but a national tour especially. Yeah. But even though, like, I feel like I'm talking so negatively of it, it, it really is a blast. Like, I have had some of the best times of my entire life yeah. on tours and one-nighters are hilarious because you're like that show like these people sitting in the audience are like oh my gosh that was amazing we loved it and then we're like really you're like it was the worst we could give, <laughs> give you a list of things that went wrong and we're just like cracking up about it like it's so that is so much fun yeah it's a blast and then getting on the bus you're like giggling and laughing it's there's, like being at there's camp there's such a like i was gonna say there's such like a hilarious and beautiful <laughs> thing to art sometimes where you'll do something that you're like so embarrassed by and they're like we're so proud of every single thing you did on that stage and exactly it's like, i hated 90 percent of the things i did on that right stage. right yeah but overall it is amazing like again like i said you love it or you hate it i absolutely love it i would yeah. do it a million times over and i would even do one-nighters i i would do it <laughs> now that i just said it i'm like oh my god well okay, let's talk about one of like the big positives that i feel like people whenever they see somebody on tour or even on a cruise ship they're like oh my god you get to travel yeah. so much so like did you always kind of want to travel or was it being on a tour and cruise ship that really was gave you like the travel bug yeah i feel like growing up my family and I were always traveling. We were always going on vacations. We grew up as a cruise family. Like I okay. went on cruises with my family from, I don't know, like a baby. Like I was always on cruise ships. So when I was younger and I was just starting to break into musical theater, I remember sitting in the audiences on cruise ships and being like, that's going to be me one day. Like, I'm going to do that. And my mom was like, Love yeah, that. of course, like you can do that. Why not? So then when I booked my first cruise contract, I was like, wow, this is so cool. Full circle moment. So I feel like I've always wanted to travel just because I've done it since I was young. Um, but I have been so fortunate to have been able to travel to where I've been to. Like I would not have gone to half the places I've been to if it weren't for cruise ships. Yeah. Cruise ships specifically because your itineraries are a little bit more extravagant than on tours. Like, cool, I've been to Kalamazoo, Michigan. Like that's exciting, <laughs> okay. But I on cruise ships, I was in Asia. I was in Europe. I've been to Iceland and Greenland. I've been to the Caribbean. I've been to Bermuda. Like the places I've been to are unreal. That's crazy. I'm so, so thankful for it. And that you actually get to go and experience those places and not just be like, oh, yeah, I, like drove, we, we exactly. went Like it. I have stepped foot in these places and I've spent like significant time there, mm -hmm. which is so fantastic. I actually, there are some places I would love to go back to and like actually have a vacation at instead of just being there for like a day or two. Yeah. But 
amazing. It's kind of like sample testing. And like when you go in like a store and they're like, we have free samples. It's yeah, like if exactly. You don't, if you literally don't like a vacation spot, you're like, oh, I got to exactly. try it. I don't like it. I don't like it and I don't want to go back. Exactly. So that's so crazy. Yeah. Um, in terms of the actual shows that you've been performing in and things like that is there a process when you approach a new show or a character that you have yeah so most of the shows if not all of the shows i have done professionally i have been in the ensemble and i've understudied multiple or just one principal character um so in that aspect i like to focus specifically on my understudy track before we even begin rehearsals because they'll send you your script and your score so you can at least do some homework before you get there um so in that instance i will always make sure that my understudy material is relatively learned to the point where like i don't need to spend so much time on it mm. when we actually get to rehearsals then this way once we begin rehearsals i can now focus on my ensemble track like my actual role and then sprinkle in the work with mm -hmm. your understudy track mm -hmm. so i would say that's my, most of my practice yeah have you had to like come into the lead role at times yeah wizard of oz i understudied dorothy and i went on wow. i think like six or seven times that's awesome yeah it was amazing and i think two or three of the times that i went on my parents were able to come to it so oh, that was great. very special that's cool. yeah, that's yeah awesome. that in that like when you look at understudy tracks and performing it's so exciting because Everybody wants to go on for their understudy track. People that say they don't want to, they're lying to you. <laughs> they want to. They want to. <laughs> yeah, because I, it's hard. It's a slippery slope when you talk about understudies because, and it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. It Let's just get that out there. It should not be, but it is. Um, sometimes, you know, the person that's actually playing the role, I don't want to say intimidated, but it's awkward. It's weird because you're kind of sharing the role mm -hmm. um, and there's, you know, pride that comes into play and and jealousy. Sometimes, you know, people are not always comfortable letting go and calling out of a show to let somebody else perform it, even though they may not be well. Yeah. So it it can be challenging. But when you do get to go on, it is so exciting for not only yourself, but everybody involved because it's now a new show. Mm -hmm. Everybody brings something different mm -hmm. to that role. So to have an understudy go on is, it's amazing. It's so much fun. It's yeah. like a rush. Yeah. Because well, I feel like also their energy is just unmatched. Exactly. At that moment. Yeah. Especially if it's their first time. Right. Like you're excited. You can't wait to do it. And again, the people that are sitting in the audience, they have no idea. Yeah. They don't even know. So now they're getting to see something so special, which I think we need to appreciate a little bit more. <laughs> if I can just <laughs> segue into Love that it. a little bit, because I feel like understudies and swings are not appreciated enough. Mm hmm. There are so many times, and I am guilty of this too, I'm the first one to say it, that I get to a theater and I overhear people being like, oh, the understudy's on tonight. Oh, the swing is on tonight. I'm like, wait, I happen? know what you mean. Like, I get it. Okay, so you're not able to see Patti Lapone and company. You're seeing her understudy. And? Yeah. Like, that in itself is very special for not only that person, but you as well. Like, you're seeing a different show. You're seeing a different take. So I think that we all need to collectively appreciate our understudies and swings. I was one of those people at 11 years old. Of course. <laughs> I was. I get it. Who did myself. you want to see? Uh, well, I, I went to see, I had wanted to see for years. I wanted to see Jersey Boys. And oh, it, so was, it was, it um, was when, what's his name is in the show. The, the main guy who won the Academy, uh, the Academy Award, the Tony. I'm the see, worst this is so this bad. Game. This I'm is embarrassing now. Hold on. I'm going to Google. We'll edit this. I can't help. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, original cast. Okay, let's see. Um, John Lloyd Young. John Lloyd Young was supposed to be 
the like main person yeah. in it. And then I think it Never was the understudy for like it was only like the third time the understudy <sighs> went on, and I was like eleven. Of course. So I was like, this stings. I, don't even I know. I get anymore. it. And I, I love understand the show, so yeah. it's like I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But that, yeah, and. I think it's important to recognize like how, like you said, how important of a moment that is for the person finally yeah. being able to be in the spotlight for once because they've worked incredibly hard just exactly. as hard as the lead who had that role. And it's role. hard. Being an understudy, I can only speak from being an understudy because I, I don't have experience in being a swing. I would like to. But being an understudy is so freaking hard. It really is. It's incredibly rewarding and I love it. But it's so hard because not only are you responsible for your own track, but you're also responsible for multiple, which is a lot of work. You have to constantly be thinking about it. You need to constantly be prepared. Mm -hmm. It's very tough. Like as an understudy, when you wake up one day and you're sick, you're like, shoot, like I'm sick now and it's not going to be an issue. Knock on wood. But what happens if, you know, so-and-so calls out tonight? Mm -hmm. It's your responsibility to step into that. So there's a lot of pressure and I think that's why I get sensitive to people being like, oh, it's the understudy. Because I'm like, wait, I don't think you understand how much work goes into that. It's it's like a second job. It's very, very hard. And now, since COVID, swings and under, understudies have literally saved performances yeah. from not having yeah. to cancel. So it's like, you're upset about it, but you wouldn't have you're seen seeing show a show otherwise. tonight. Yeah. yeah, come on. Exactly. Yeah. Can you um, just explain for any case anybody's listening that doesn't know the difference between an understudy and swing? Yes. So an understudy is somebody who is in the show full time and is covering uh, one of the principals or a supporting character. A swing, however, is most of the time somebody who is off stage. They're not in every performance and they will cover a uh, majority of the ensemble members. You can also have onstage swings who will act as an ensemble member and will cover multiple ensemble members. Um, but yeah, swings are responsible mostly for ensemble members and understudies are responsible for the principal roles. Perfect. Yeah. There you go, everyone. Yeah. Hope you're learning something. You learned something new. <laughs> um, yeah. In terms of performing for, uh, is there one medium in performing that you prefer over the others? Like, is it singing, dancing? acting or do you like all of them equally okay i this is so controversial and i feel like musical theater people watching this are going to be like oh my god <laughs> i don't like acting and let me explain <laughs> i feel like out of the three that is my weakest and so i'm very self-conscious when it comes to acting <sighs> even talking about it i'm like sweating <laughs> it just makes me nervous i and i recognize that i know that it's something i need to like lean into a little bit more but I thrive when it comes to singing and dancing. Yeah, Put me in a dance stuff. call, give me something to sing, and I will thrive. Give me some sides to read, and I'm going to be sweating a little bit. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, there's everybody who falls under every camp probably. Of course, right? I mean, yeah. there are people even in film and television that when they finally sign up to do a musical, they're yeah. probably terrified. Exactly. I remember yeah. uh, when, what, was it Russell Crowe who did Les Mis? <gasps> and he oh got so much gosh. he got so much backlash, and maybe rightfully so. I don't know. I've never seen it, honestly. But you haven't? No, I haven't seen the you should, film version. You should just look up stars. Okay. Stars. Just watch that. Okay. I will. Great actor. But can't sing. Can't sing. And... I mean, listen, maybe this could be another episode, but it's crazy <laughs> that we do musical adaptations on film and we hire people who don't sing. Yeah, I, I will never understand it. I know we have to sell tickets. I, I get say, it. From my perspective, I think it's strictly a business. No, thing. of course. But yeah. how can you do Les Mis? How can you do Les Mis? 
and not have people who can sing. Thank God for Anne Hathaway, honestly. <laughs> I was say, so is this the whole cast thing? I still I haven't seen the movie, so can most of the cast not like I mean it's just very um jarring. It's very how do I say like they they're just not leaning into the musical no. aspects at all. They're and it's making an, it it's all sung. Yeah. It is only singing. Yeah. Aaron Tveit is in that movie, right? This is awful that I'm asking. I'm pretty sure he is in it. And so for that, fantastic. Because he's great. He can do no wrong. But... No, it's literally like as if they went at it from a lens of straight acting and exactly. then we're like you can't sing just try your best and that's what we want <laughs> just try your best no that's sometimes exactly you do, right. i feel like sometimes you discover people though that also didn't know that they could sing that's right? true that like, is true andrew garfield had never done anything before tick tick boom right no and like i know <sighs> this this is an older example but i think john travolta like that's was not true. known for anything that's and then true he did saturday fever and greece and i think he's great both of them so but I'm, tick tick boom is actually a really I don't want to say easy sh- musical to turn into a movie because it's not necessarily sung so pretty. Yeah. Andrew Garfield, again, he can do no wrong. I think he's perfect. But I think that musical, you can kind of have somebody who's not as good of a singer because they're patter songs. So you can okay. kind of like speak sing a little yeah. bit. Gotcha. Well, yeah. Lamez is like, it's like like chef classical kiss. singing. Yeah, say, it's like, yeah. it's like, it's almost, like the epitome like of opera classical songs musical in theater. there that you need to have classical training yeah. for. And then you have people and you're like, wait, Amanda Seyfried. Like what, what's happening right now? Right. Great actress. Yeah. Can't sing. Wait, you, girl. I'm very curious. This is not really off topic, but I'm just curious. <laughs> have either of you got, I haven't seen it. Have either of you guys seen Cats? Like the, the movie, movie? version? Yeah. No, because I heard it was horror. I, I have too, not. But I feel like we should do a watch along. I think so too. I I've not seen the movie. Have. I have seen it live. I saw it on Broadway, The Revival. And I actually saw it on Oasis of the Seas, Royal Caribbean. They have cats okay. on a cruise ship, which is so crazy. So crazy. <laughs> cats is I, I, um, terrible. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that movie was like ripped to shreds. Yeah, Taylor Swift is in it. There's a lot of people in that. James Corden. James Corden. The- he's yeah. like the ultimate musical movie, I don't know, genius, I guess. Well... That's a, well, I don't know if I want to use that word. <laughs> he just always seems to be like the first pick. I don't understand it. Yeah. Now I don't see him anywhere. Might be because of cats. Maybe. It's possible. Well, I think so sometimes they pick, I think like some people that are super theater, like theater fans, but they can't actually do Broadway is when they're like, put me in the movie. Yeah. Put me in the movie of like the remake. That's true. Because they're like, I won't make it on stage. Right. But then you have last five years. This is crazy. This is a whole different topic. But last five years, you have Anna Kendrick. Yep. Who seems like she's just a movie and like TV actress, but Homegirl was doing theater from a young age. And she kills it. Mm-hmm. Nails it. You should watch it if you haven't seen it. I love Anna Kendrick. I haven't seen it. But I oh my watch gosh, it. it's so good. But do it it's when good. you need to cry. Like okay. if you're, you got to be like ready for it. Okay. Like if you're not in the right headspace, don't watch it. <laughs> because okay. it'll kill you. Yeah, it's not like a, a it's not a campy <laughs> no, at all. No, it's okay. heartbreaking. Mm-hmm, it is. It's, um, there's another, uh, Once is like that too, right? I haven't once, seen Once, yeah. but I've heard, that's another one I've heard is really, really great. Yeah. I like some of the more, uh, like modern movie music. Like, did you see uh, Sing Street? Have either of you guys seen Sing yes, Street? Yes, no, and I they're haven't. actually in the process right now of making that into a musical. They had an off-Broadway run of it. I love that film. Yeah. Love that film. So great. And Begin Again, too, which is from the same director that did Once. Oh, Begin Again is more of a narrative, and they have, like, music playing throughout this original. Yeah. That's Mark Ruffalo and oh. Keira Knightley. 
Wow, love that. That's a great movie. You should see that too. Um, For your, going back into your performances and things like that, have you played your dream role yet? And if not, Mm. what do you, what do you think your dream role is? Or are there multiple? I think there are multiple. I have not played my dream role yet. I am, like I said, I am always in the ensemble understudying, which I am very proud of. I, I, like I said, I feel like I thrive there because I'm very comfortable in both realms. So I'm grateful for that. But no, I have not had the opportunity to play any dream roles right now. This is so cliche. I would be any of the Queens in six. Yes. Anybody would. That's definitely a dream right now. And I'll be any of them. I'll even be an alternate. Actually, I'd prefer to be an alternate because then you can play all All of them, them. Mm -hmm. which come on. Um, Also, as of late, my current dream role is Cynthia Weil and beautiful. Okay. I would love. I'm a little too young right now, but we can age in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I played a grandmother on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Come on, <laughs> I can do it. Exactly. There's ways around it. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like completely separate, but have you ever been interested or like see yourself doing or creating your own work? Kind of? Or like writing? Are you interested I in? I honestly or? don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about it. And I guess that's because I just don't feel like I'm ready to stop performing. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that you have to stop performing to create your own work. But I like being in a room and knowing what is expected of me. I don't really think my brain works right now with like creating my own piece. Mm, I just okay. like don't have that brain. I would hope to someday, but for right now, I think I just want to like be in the room and I want to be told like what you want. Like this is it. Show us exactly add to it. Exactly. Building your own. It's like it's a lot of pressure, too, because like I said, I'm still like very and I think I always will be very I don't want to say insecure, but self-conscious of my performance and what I do. And I think any performer would say the same. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's very. um vulnerable to like put yourself out there yeah for people to judge like we're literally in a business of being judged was i entertaining exactly like Mm -hmm. did you like it because if you didn't like don't tell me but yeah this is my whole life (laughs) yeah exactly like no big deal but like this is literally how i'm paying my rent (laughs) but don't worry about it (laughs) so i would hope to one day but for right now i think i'm good where i am yeah um can you tell me what like art means to you because I'm curious because you've been a performer Ooh, for a long time. Yeah. So question. I think Ugh. that that's a good way to kind of wrap up in terms of just your experience and things like yeah. that. Like what that means to you. Oh, my gosh. I feel like even before I got into musical theater as a cheerleader, I feel like I've always been a performer. Um, I have videos of myself as a child and I've just like always been an entertainer. Mm-hmm. So to me. Art is literally everything. I know that sounds so corny, but it literally is everything. It's everywhere. You can't get rid of it. And I think we were shown that in the pandemic when people were suddenly like, I can't watch the TV shows that I like, or I'm not hearing any new music anymore because the artists like can't create anymore. Mm-hmm. So to me, it is literally what makes the world go round. <laughs> like it is everything to me. I, I can't even put into words what it is to me like i wake up every day and i want to be working i want to be creating i want i want to entertain people like it makes me emotional like i remember 
a couple weeks ago when we were closing our last show on the ship that I was on, like I literally had tears in my eyes because I'm like, this is so silly. Like what we're doing up here is so silly when you think about it. But I'm looking out into the audience and I'm looking at an old man who has never seen any bit of live performance before. And he's like running up to us almost crying talking about how touched he was by our performance so like things like that i'm like even though it's hard and there are so many times where i'm like do i really want to be doing this i think about situations like that i'm like wow i am changing lives just by standing up on stage and being a grandmother in a bed and trying to talk factory like i'm changing a little girl's life like that to me there's nothing more accomplishing than that like i feel so proud of what i have done and i'm so excited to see what I do next. Yeah. That's so awesome. I Great love answer. I'm going to have a no, good seriously. cry tonight. Yeah, <laughs> like, what, what you're describing is just like passion. It's like such yeah, a I true. I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I can't understand people that choose careers that they're not happy doing. I know that this industry is filled with so much uncertainty. And there are so many people I talk to, especially on cruise ships that are like, so what do you do like for a living? Like, what's your real job? I'm like, no, this is my real job. Like, yeah. this is, this is my life. This is what I do. You work in an office. This is what I do. So if you're not passionate about what you do, if you're not waking up every morning excited to go to work, then what are you actually doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, imagine just being miserable every day. <laughs> Couldn't be me. I'm True, sorry. Truer words have never been mm-hmm. spoken. Sorry. <laughs> okay, this is something that we ask all of our guests. Okay. Um, we want to know, what are you currently watching, reading, or listening to? Okay. Um, I am a creature of habit, and I cannot start new TV series ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> currently... Okay, I shouldn't say currently. Most recently, I watched Ozark on Netflix. Okay. Oh, Big fan. Big fan big big fan now sprinkled in between that because like i said i can't start new series unless i like really want to i'm watching the office this is now probably my 10th time watching it and i'm sorry to everybody that's like that is so corny and cliche did you, did you I hear love did you hear because i feel like this is just on topic did you hear that recently the a creator came out yes. and said that they might reboot it of course i did i think it's- and it's an off-broadway musical dying to get that into i that. know the office Whoa, it's a parody musical yeah yeah I love it. I'm sorry, I love it. So I have been watching that over and over. I will literally finish the last episode and I go, go right back. back to the beginning. It's, it's awesome. your comfort show. It's That's my comfort it show. I feel <laughs> so <laughs> ridiculous. I feel so close to these people. Oh my god! <laughs> like when I finish it, I'm like, I can't do anything else. Like these are my friends. Yeah, yeah you're you like, oh my them. god! You leave them so you go right back to them. <laughs> that is so embarrassing, but it's true. I love it. I love it. What I'm listening to. Podcast trying, or music. I was just gonna say I'm trying to get into podcasts more. My mind is always moving, so to like sit down and just listen to like spoken word is so difficult for me. But I love watching podcasts. Mm, like if I can okay. watch it and see you and it. like laugh with you, then I'm good. Music wise, music wise, like radio hits. Okay, mm-hmm. like <laughs> who are artists that you like currently? Ooh. Cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> um, oh, so much pressure. Who are artists that I like listening to currently? I can't think under pressure. I'm nervous. Or I'm like nervous. some of your all-time favorites. Like one of mine, Rihanna. She's like... Classic. Bad Girl Riri is a savage. So good. So good. <laughs> um, I can't stop listening to Renaissance, Beyonce, again. Oh, sorry. Probably, yeah. It's perfect. It's perfection. 
wish I could have gone to see her tour. I regret not going. But I'm listening to that on repeat always. And I'm sorry. I'm listening to today's hits on mm-hmm. Apple Music. Okay. It's just, it is what it is. I like it. I skip through a lot of them, but yeah. it's comfort. You, find the ones you like, yeah. I'm a creature of habit. I can't. Even though I don't want to, I just can't. I just. Are you able? Do you listen to like musical soundtracks for fun, or are you at the point where you're kind of like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I always say I'm like, and I like want to say things. I think about it. I'm like, oh my god, this sounds like a pick me girl. I'm not trying to be that girl. <laughs> I'm not like musical theater girls. No, it's true. <laughs> I really am not. Like I feel like I am the least musical theater musical theater person when I'm with my people my musical theater people i can break out and like i'll act crazy with you but when i'm with people who are like are normal (laughs) normal (laughs) i'll act normal so i never watched glee growing up which is crazy people always yell at me i didn't watch glee i didn't really watch smash so no i don't really listen to broadway soundtracks sometimes if it like really catches my attention i'll give it a listen I really liked the Hamilton soundtrack when like Hamilton first yeah, came first out. Blew I, up obviously, and was, everybody, everybody loved was. it. Again, so cliche. Everybody loves Hamilton. And if you don't, okay. I'm trying to I think. I love like, that take. What? <laughs> like, that's crazy. I'm trying to think what other soundtracks I've listened to that I really enjoyed. Dogfight, good music. Mm-hmm. Other than that, not too many. Okay. Are you ready to play a game? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> so we usually play the cinephile game, but um, because you are our guest and you have such a great history and love of musical theater, we are going to play musical March Madness. Wow. Even though it's not March. It's, uh, okay. I just figured September. this would be fun. It's September. Why not? So you have not seen any of these beforehand, so you don't know what's coming. Oh my God. Okay. No, I don't mean no, musicals. No, no, you, I mean, know, you, you know seen the, the bracket. Oh, oh, no, I haven't seen the bracket. I'm like, I've never seen these shows. So these are going to catch you <laughs> no. catch you off guard. We've but... done the classics. Let's yes. be real. <laughs> wow. I'm excited. So okay. we'll go matchup by matchup. Okay. There's 16 musicals. Oof. We'll get it down to one, which is your favorite of the 16. <laughs> wow. And if you want to explain why you would make your okay. choice for each one. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm the worst. I don't have it up right now. Hold you don't on. have it up? Give me one. <laughs> okay. Give me one. Time. Give me one second, please. <laughs> and um, we'll go top left and we'll just work our way down until we get to the next side. Top left. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So oh, I'll, I can you start. You can start. I'm okay. just waiting for so, it to pop up. I got it The now. seeds, but for all the viewers who know the March Madness rules, we're not doing seeds because I just kind of threw them in here at random. So very interested to see what you think. Okay. okay. So for our first matchup, we have Rent versus Hairspray. Oh, gosh. I'm going to go Rent. Okay, why? <sighs> Hairspray is problematic for me. I'm sorry. It's a white savior musical, and it's just not necessary right now. It had its time, and it doesn't need to have its time anymore. Okay. I like sorry. the confidence I just like no. I just go with the hot Don't apologize. Yeah, yeah, I, I just it. can't. I can't. I, again, great musical. Just Rent, I think, is better. Okay. But... Let's be clear. Rent is also a little problematic as well, but okay. I prefer that over hairspray. So Rent moves on. Liz, okay. you have the one after. Next one, In the Heights or Cabaret? Ooh. I'm going to go with Cabaret. <laughs> blink, blink, blink. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Cabaret because, I mean, it's hard to put the two together because they're so different. Yeah. But I love a piece that makes you think. Cabaret leaves you thinking, 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 thinking. Mm-hmm. In the Heights is great. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I'm not as familiar with it. Okay. okay. But again, brilliant. Lend my mouth. Come on. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Next one. One that's near and dear to your heart. Okay. Singing in the Rain. Oh. Or Grease. Oh, singing in the rain. <laughs> okay, good. I've that's, never been a fan of Grease. I don't know why. I'm Grease and Mamma Mia are two shows and movies that I'm just like, eh. See, they're I, fine. You know what? I I agree with that. And now Mamma Mia is going out on tour again. Do you know how many times it's gone out on tour for their like farewell tour? It's going out again. How many times can we say farewell? Farewell. To farewell. Never. Jeez. Um, okay. Next one. Lame is or the Book of Mormon. Maybe controversial. I'm sorry. Book of Mormon. Whoa! I, I, really, I didn't upset expect alert. that. I, didn't I expect don't that. love Lame Is. No. I think it's boring. Oh my God. I do. I think it's a little bit boring. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. <laughs> um, okay, here's some cla- two classics. Okay. All right. West Side Story mm. or Chicago. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I think I'm going to do Chicago. Okay. I'm a very. Um, visual person. So just for the visuals alone and like dancing and kicking their faces, I have to go Chicago. Yeah. All right. I feel like Chicago will never be like boring. Never <laughs> No boring. matter how many times you've seen never it. Never boring. Never boring. But West Side is great too. It's hard. They're different. They're very so different. So different. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay. That's my final answer. Next one. <laughs> Wicked or mm. the Phantom of the Opera? Ooh, Wicked, obviously. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera is so good. But it needed to close when it closed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody was so upset. How could Phantom of the Opera close? Hello? It's, it's been there done. for far too long. It's good. We're, we're good. Wicked. That okay. show will never close. Awesome. I feel like I know the answer to this because of the way you just said before, but we have Hamilton or we have Kinky Boots. Ooh. I'm going to say Hamilton, obviously. Mm-hmm. You can't put Kinky Boots over Hamilton. I think Kinky Boots is great, though. It's a great show. It really is. I saw it on Broadway and I loved it. It's a spectacle. It's so fun. Yeah. But Hamilton is brilliant. Yeah. And then I feel like you've already answered this one, but Mamma Mia or Guys and Dolls? Guys and Dolls. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. I don't even really know much about Guys and Dolls. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> See, this is the one I put on because I saw that show. My brother was in Guys and Dolls when uh, he was in middle school and I loved the show. Really? I just always really like This is the, like a bad musical theater the quality that I have. I don't... I don't love the classics. That's okay. I want somebody to stand in front of me and just like bell and scream in my face and like do a little turn. <laughs> and that's why you like six. And that's why I like six. Yes. So I Thanks po- for coming. Bye guys. Six is not, six is not on this. Uh, no, it's okay. It's okay. But, all right. So we've made okay, it through so the first round. Okay. So we need round. to come to a winner. So then we're going to take the ones that you just said okay. and put them against Okay. Each great. Other. Yes. Okay. So now we have, we're down to eight okay. and then we'll get us to four and then we'll get to the championship. Okay. All right. So now we have, because of your first answers, we have rent versus cabaret. Oh gosh. Um, I'm going to go cabaret. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I am going to go cabaret because like I said, rent is a little bit problematic. And again, all musicals are a little problematic. It just is what it is, Mm -hmm. but I gotta, I gotta go cabaret this one. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Singing in the rain or Mm -hmm. book of Mormon book of Mormon. Fast, fast. Book of Mormon. I feel like we might have an indication of what our championship is going to be. Of course. Come on. Um, Come on. Chicago or wicked. Wicked. Okay. Yeah, wicked. <laughs> Hamilton or Guys and Dolls? Hamilton. <laughs> Come on, you guys. <laughs> All right. Final four. So we're down okay. to we're down to Cabaret versus Book of Mormon, and then okay. Wicked versus Hamilton. Ooh. Okay. 
Oh god. So if you want to just play us, we can get right to the final four yeah. here and you All can right. make your picks. Yeah. <laughs> Cabaret or Book of Mormon. Right. Book of Mormon. Wicked or Hamilton. That, one that is hard. so That's crazy. Hard. Wicked or Hamilton? Oh my gosh. I feel like I I feel like I have to go wicked. Okay. Did you think I was gonna say that? No, I thought I thought, we, thought, were gonna, gonna I thought we were gonna get down to Book of Mormon and Hamilton. I wanna say Hamilton so bad, wicked but bad? how can you get rid of Wicked? I think that's a almost perfect show. I think that that's the show that should just be on Broadway longer than it will be. It'll yeah, be there forever. Like, it'll be there forever. I hope. Yeah. It's so good. Oh my gosh. And it's never gonna stop touring. Oh, it's so good. Is is that an indication of our winner? We were down to Wicked we and down? the Book of Mormon. Oh, it has to be Wicked, of okay. course. Yeah, 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 of All course. Right. I loved Book of Mormon, though. I actually saw the reworked version. After COVID, they like rewrote some of the show wow. because it was like a little bit too offensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still very offensive. But it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, Trey, Trey Parker and Matt Stone wrote that, right? Didn't they? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Who are the creators of South Park? Yes, so that's it right. Makes that's sense right. That's that right. It's as crude yeah, and yeah, crazy yeah. as it is. It's wild. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So round of applause for Wicked. Yeah. Are there any uh before we we leave, is there any shows that were not on that list that you want to give a shout out to that are some of your faves? I gotta give a shout out to Six, of course. Mm-hmm. But little curveball here, Miss Saigon is like one of my oh, that, favorite that's, musicals. That's recent, right? Like a few years ago? Um, The Revival, yes. Oh, The Revival, okay. Beautiful show. Beautiful music. Also, ooh, here's the thing. Like I want to say Town because everybody's like, Hadestown, Hadestown. Yeah. It's good music. It's not necessarily a great musical in my opinion. Mm, like the story? I don't, say, kn- or? I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. I gotta get back to you on that. I gotta think of it right now. Okay. But yeah, I would say Six and Miss Saigon for sure. Miss Saigon is not appreciated enough. All right. Well, the, is, we'll put Miss Saigon know. in our next musical. Okay, that sounds program. good. <laughs> so, Jenna, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so we much. We had so much fun yeah. having you and definitely come back. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. And um, we're just gonna sign off here. Make sure you guys, if you don't already, just subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel here, Culture Wave Media Network. We're also on Instagram at underscore Culture Wave Media, as well as at Jersey's Finest Pod. Just signing off. I am Darian Scalamoni. I am Liz Seiko. I'm Dennis Canelli. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.